Before we get started, I'd like to invite you to join the Lead Gen Lab, a sales program created specifically for women of color in the financial industry. Inside of the Lead Gen Lab, we are going to teach you the sales and lead generation strategies you need to triple your sales calls and 10x your leads so you can finally become that financial powerhouse. This is a six-month container where you will get access to trainings, resources, weekly group coaching, and a community of women of color in finance, and so much more. Go to theroshaw.com slash lead-gen-lab or use the link in the show notes to join now. I can't wait to see you inside. And so I basically sat down with myself, had a conversation of what do women need to know? What are they doing right now that they need to start to change their behaviors on? And I was able to develop a curriculum that takes them step by step through the transformation that I myself went through. And I call it the joyous journey to wealth because when I think about wealth is not just about money. Welcome to the Finance Client Acquisition Podcast, the simple sales systems for women of color money experts. And I'm your host, Ro. I'm so excited today to dive deep into the strategies that have helped my clients book out by mastering their sales skills. Hello, everyone. We have our amazing guest on today, Brittany, and I'm so excited to have her on. Uh, And what we're going to talk about today is her journey. So yeah, Brittany, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, Let us know who you are, what you do, and who you help. Well, I am Dr. Brittany Alford. I am an internal medicine physician and a wealth coach. And I help um, early career women in healthcare who are lack confidence and competence in their finances um, to pay off debt and manage their finances with joy. Yeah. And I tell us a little bit more. How do you help, you know, your ideal client really? And I want to really just say like your positioning of really fostering joy in their lives. Tell us a little bit more about how you help women do that in your wealth coaching and money coaching. Yeah. So I think too often, especially for all women, of course, I'm probably a little biased, right? (laughs) As a woman. But I I feel like all women, especially women in healthcare, we have committed our lives to service. And I think that that comes with a mindset of sacrifice, that you have to sacrifice your own well-being for the benefit of someone else. And so what I do with my coaching clients is I help them and to identify their source of joy and to perceive that as not something that is selfish, uh, but something that will help them fulfill their desire to serve. And when you focus in on joy and happiness, and so what I help my clients to understand is what the true meaning of joy is, which is a moment of happiness that is not bound by time or circumstance. So let me give you an example. So say, for example, you plan a trip to Bali or take my trip to Thailand, right? So in that preparation of thinking about about the trip to Thailand, I had moments of joy, excitement because I'm going on this trip. It's relaxing. I get to explore. I get to discover. And so I have joy in that moment, 
because of the anticipation and really just kind of living out that experience right now, although I'm not physically in Thailand, I have joy when I am physically in Thailand, getting a massage, the massages are amazing, eating great food. And then I have joy even now. I took this trip in 2016. And so the way that I'm describing it, right? All of the good things, like I want to go back, <laughs> you know, I'm starting to think about Thai food. Like that helps me to understand what joy really is. And when you start to reflect on moments in your life and understand the true characteristic of your joy, then you can align your time, your energy, and your money to things that matter most on you. And therefore, you're not spending on all of the other external sources, all the external pools and attractions that actually may not serving you. And so it allows you to make the most of your time, your energy and your money and accomplish those financial goals like paying off that life, building wealth for your family. Yeah. And I, I wish people could really see you on video right now, because what's so amazing, and I want to highlight this gem that Brittany just mentioned, is that the really like the joy that and I wish all of you could see her face right now but all the joy that comes from really being able to plan out and that comes from a place of really having your foundation set down and Brittany tell us a little bit more I think something that was really important to highlight is that you're doing all this and you're being able to go on these dream trips of yours and really live a fulfilling life while still you know being a professional in the healthcare industry and also raising a family. Tell us a little bit more about your origin story, right? Like how you decided to get into the money industry and really make a change in a lot of, especially women in healthcare and their finances. What inspired you to really start your business in this realm? So I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. And maybe before the Flint water crisis, the perception of Flint was um, about General Motors and how General Motors kind of and left this community that was so reliant on the automotive industry and, you know, that they're now the community is still trying to figure its way out from a financial perspective, from an industry perspective. So I grew up in a family who most everyone worked for General Motors and we were not of lower income, I would say, because we I never wanted for anything. We were probably just a middle income family, you know, single parent household. Thankfully, I have both, both of my parents in my life. But what I had was not enough money to pay for school. So I can acutely recall the conversation with my father when I was 16. And he said, baby, you have to do this on your own. And he at the time was still paying off his student loan debt. So although my parents were educated, they both had jobs, they did not have a legacy of wealth to help me with my education, undergraduate nor graduate education. And so as I matriculated through undergraduate, thankfully I had good grades, I had a lot of scholarships, and I was left with $10,000 of student loan debt that I was able to pay off during the summer between medical school because one of the things that I think I valued so much from my family raised me to be like extremely resourceful. And so 
I think also because they're so frugal, I didn't really place too much external value in or internal value in like things of, you know, labels and things of that nature. So even in my college days, I would say that I still focused on joy. I still focused on the things that really mattered to me so that I was able to utilize that income that I generated between the summer, between undergraduate and medical school to pay off that $10,000 of debt. Now, when I started medical school, I mean, (laughs) I went from $0 to now, you know, when I graduated $131,000 of student loan debt. And so now, you know, you you graduate from medical school. Everyone thinks you're a doctor. And in my family, I was the first. It's the first doctor, not the first person to go to graduate school, but the first doctor. And so they have a perception of what you can do, how much money you're going to make. And I even had that own perception. So I felt like this kind of responsibility of being in charge of maybe not such a high income because resident physicians don't really make that much money on the grand scheme of things, but moving towards a higher income while also lacking the financial literacy, the financial confidence in order to manage it, right? And then not, you know, withstanding that I still had $131,000 of student loan debt to pay off. So I kind of buckled down um, and in residency started to pay on my debt initially under the public service loan forgiveness, which was good. You know, I was making very small payments. However, when I graduated from residency, which was three years, and I was making all of my payments on time, in addition to making some additional payments, um, I had 135000 So, like, it grew while going on, quote, paying it off by $4,000. And I just didn't like that. I didn't like that it was out of my control. I didn't like that there was no guarantee. And so I understood that if this debt was to go away, it was was going to be by my own willpower. So I got really disciplined. I focused on my joy and made decisive money decisions. And at the end, I paid off actually 138000 in two years and nine months. And so what I realized after sharing my story is that many women, especially women of color, we are charged with managing some of us very high incomes while balancing the pressures or the pools to support family who may not have that same um, income source and accessibility while still having to pay down our own debt and focus on our own financial goals. And that many women were burned out trying to manage it all without the skill set, expertise, and even a trusted source to go to. And so I decided that I wanted to change that narrative for women, especially women who look like me and are from communities like mine. Yeah. And one of the things I really want to highlight is the acceleration of time, right? The fact that you paid off this amount of debt, which takes a lot of people a lifetime to pay off. And tell us a little bit more about how you've taken your own journey and brought that into a lot of the clients that you now have in, you know, your signature program, The Joyful Journey to Wealth. Tell us a little bit more about how you've been able to package your own experience and the amazing results you've gotten for yourself in the current business you have coaching other amazing women. Yeah. So even just thinking about this brings like a smile to my face. (laughs) 
it has been a journey for sure. Um, and coaching women through this process, celebrating their wins with them brings so much just warm, bubbly, however you describe joy, you know, feelings, um, to me. So how did I get into this? I was pulled into this actually. So after I started sharing my story, I guess I didn't realize there was a certain naivety, you know, that I had about money because we really don't talk about money and finances. And so I didn't know that what I had done was so unique or remarkable. I just thought like, listen, I want to get rid of this debt. (laughs) And so let me do what is necessary in order to do that. So once I realized that this was not something that many people did, then I really wanted to teach women how to do it and to do it in a way which is different than what many of the financial gurus are saying is necessary. And I'm not going to name any of them, but you know, there's some who just perceive debt as like, you just eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Albeit, I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, <laughs> but you just eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches until you paid off all of your debt. And I knew that that, that was not the way because especially women in healthcare, we delay gratification so long. You know, we have so much education that we go through and then we sacrifice, you know, weddings and being with our children. So to serve our patients. And so I basically sat down with myself, had a conversation of what do women need to know? What are they doing right now that they need to start to change their behaviors on? And I was able to develop a curriculum that takes them step by step through the transformation that I myself went through. And I call it the joyous journey to wealth because when I think about wealth, it's not just about money because you can have a lot of money and you can be absolutely miserable. You can have, you know, make a minimum wage salary and be the most joyful individual and make meaningful memories throughout your entire life and impact the lives of others. And so I wanted women to know that wherever they are in this journey from a net negative (laughs) net worth, which is where I started, that they can have joy and that wealth encompasses your physical health, your spiritual health, your emotional health, as well as your financial health. And how I coach women through this process is by first starting on breaking down some of the misperceptions that we have about money, some of those wrong teachings and some of the unbecoming that needs to be done and also forgiving ourselves. So a lot of times when my clients come to me, they come with a lot of financial trauma and baggage. And by no means am I a therapist. I'm an internal medicine physician. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a therapist. But also what I am is I'm a woman and I'm a friend. And so I know that women sometimes we thrive on just having these conversations to know that there are shared experiences and to provide an alternative perspective that allows room for forgiveness and growth. And so when I work with my clients, the first step that we do is basically to try to break down all of that should and projection that we have about what we have not done with our money and what we should be doing with our money and giving ourselves grace and freedom to make mistakes, to try and to accept and enjoy the journey. 
And then after we can break down the mindset stuff, we just get to work. We focus on budgeting and understanding your cash flow, understanding the reason why passive income is so important, creating a debt strategy, creating a retirement strategy, and learning how to invest independently. And um, we do this through group coaching and you know some private coaching sessions. But really, it's just a big embrace to focus on joy throughout and to know what matters to you matters to you and is important for you to spend your money on those things, even while you're paying off debt. And there's there's so many gems that you just dropped, but I, but I want to highlight one of them, which is really offering yourself grace and compassion throughout your money journey or your financial journey that I think you know, as a money coach, you're able to provide them that safe space where they can really just lay it out on the table and you can help them with that. And I want to take it back a little bit um, of when we first met. And I remember you were actually launching the Joyful Journey to Wealth, right? Talk us more about that process and how you went from, you know, having this idea in your mind to help more women in the healthcare industry to actually doing a whole launch about your signature program. How was that journey from just knowing that you needed to coach more women in, in, in finances to actually launching your signature program? Yeah. So I was doing one-on-one coaching before launching my signature program. And what I realized is that although one-on-one coaching and just coaching in general gave me so much joy. And I loved witnessing the transformations of my clients, like women who were, when I reflect on the experience, one of my coaching clients, she was actually, I can say the most challenging client that I had. And it was because there was a lot of fear there. I think so often, especially in Black communities, because we work so hard sometimes to make little progress, that the fear of loss is devastating. And so she had significant fear of losing anything. And so she had a lot of boundaries and barriers of protection to keep her comfortable that were limiting her from accelerating her wealth generation. And so we had to break that down. And now she's like one of my most prized success that now she's investing independently. So she she started out not wanting to lose like a single dollar, then now investing in the stock market independently. And so I love to witness that impact. And I knew that if I were to continue just in a private one-on-one capacity while doing all the other things that I don't even know if we've mentioned yet, I'm a mother, I still work clinically as a hospitalist. I am a quality improvement and patient safety director for our division. I have, I'm a wife. My husband has a private practice and I help to, you know, manage and do some of the bookkeeping for his private practice. And so I knew that if I really wanted to continue to impact the lives of women to help them to transition from, you know, having fear of loss and scarcity to welcoming in abundance and having the confidence to invest independently without the assistance of a financial advisor that I needed to transition into a group capacity in which I could serve many women at the same time. And also focusing in on my time and my energy and what brings me joy 
that by trying to serve more women, then I would be sacrificing time with my family. I would be sacrificing time for myself and I would be sacrificing time with my husband and my patients. And that also did not feel well. So I knew that I needed to find a balance. And I also valued that when I think about my own journey, not just in my finances, but shoot, throughout life, like the fact that we're having a conversation today, right now, Rama, like here you are, a woman, you reached out to me. I'm like, nah, Rama, I'm not there yet to launch my group coaching program. You got to come back, (laughs) come back in six months. And then you came back and you're like, okay, Brittany, are you ready to do this now? And I, with your support, like I felt like, okay, I got a lot going on in life, but I have someone who can kind of help to guide me through this process. And so in thinking about how I have been able to succeed and thrive doing all of the things that I do, it's not to say only, but it's been largely impacted by the lives of women supporting me. And so if I could get more women who have a shared vision and a shared goal, but maybe different paths and different experiences together to have me as their guide, but also have them supporting each other, then how much more of a wave can we make, right? And so that was where it was like a no-brainer that I have to transition to a group coaching model for my own joy, but also so that we can continue to impact and do this good work without sacrificing joy, right? I just, I can't help but smile because uh, you brought up something very important is that when we first met on Instagram, I remember you had this vision and this goal and you did say that you wanted to launch it more towards the end of the year when we first met. And it's so another gem that you keep, you keep dropping so much gold, but Something that you highlighted is if you want to make a bigger impact, how can you serve the largest amount of people and your journey from, you know, mentoring and helping a couple of people to actually expanding into a group program is so solid because that's what I see a lot of people in the financial industry doing. Like they start one on one and they know they they need to make a bigger impact. That's what you're And something I also want to highlight is how you are not only an industry leader, but a community leader. You do so much for your community that we haven't talked about on this on this episode yet. But just like how you've been able to balance everything and then the type of vision and how many lives, women's lives you want to impact, which is so, so important. I'm taking a break here to make a small request. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you could take a few seconds to rate and review the show. This will help other people find this podcast and enable me to continue sharing valuable content here. Thanks for helping to make more women of color become financial industry leaders. All right, back to the episode. And I really want to ask, like, what was the biggest game changer for you, right, to really do to launch your signature program, like what's really helped you move the needle in your own business as a, as a money, wealth and financial coach, right? Like what's, what really helped you accelerate your business? Cause I know we have a lot of money coaches, CPAs and bookkeepers also listening to this. So if you can guess, just impart any words of wisdom for them on like building out and launching the signature program of yours. So let me maybe take a step back to share a couple of Failures, they could be perceived as that, but they're not failures because, you know, I think this is why I call part of my program is a journey because we go through things. And sometimes at the time, we don't realize the value and the lesson in that moment until you can look back and actually see the return on the investment. 
So I've always been something I shared that my parents were very frugal. We grew up with enough, but not more than that. And so they were really resourceful. And I think part of being resourceful is you have to be creative. You have to kind of think outside the box. How can I use this in a different way to fulfill a need? Or how can I don't have this component? So what can I use right now that I have on hand that's going to work similarly in function and quality? And so I've always kind of been that thinker, you know, who tinkered with things and resourceful. And so I initially started my entrepreneur journey as a 16-year-old, maybe 14, in which I was trying to find a job. No one would hire me. And so I said, you know what? I know how to be a cheerleader. So I put together this curriculum. (laughs) And then I went to all the elementary schools. And I said, hey, you know, there's this after-school program that I've designed here. And here are the deliverables. And um, I think it would be great for your community. And so I pitched it to a couple of elementary schools. They hired me. And, you know, I had this cheerleading after school program. And so that was really the start that at least that I can remember of like this entrepreneurship journey. And then when I was in Atlanta, I worked with a group of women to develop this co-working space that had childcare. And during that time, I was pregnant with Brooke while simultaneously working on a hair accessory, a hair tool that was an ultimate failure, like ultimate failure. God literally burned that down. He's like, no, this is not for you. But what it showed me is that, okay, there's something here, right? There is something that I need to do here. And so I started to learn about okay, well, how do you now start to position yourself as an expert? What are some of the marketing strategies that you should do? And how do you build this in a way that you can sell it and market it? And so with that experience in which God burned it down, literally, I was creating something that I was hoping to sell to others. But with the coaching program, I literally <laughs> waited until someone purchased before I built it entirely out. I had a framework that I knew from my own lived experience, from my client's experience that I could get results with, right? I had the steps. This is what you need to do in order to get this goal of being confident in your ability to manage your finances, to be able to be strategic and decisive about your decisions so that you can have joy and meet your financial goals. But I didn't have everything built out. I didn't have all the modules or the worksheets or anything like that. So I would encourage women who are embarking upon this journey to think about what is literally your minimal viable product that you can market and sell and then sell it and build it out. Because the alternative is you might end up where I was when I started with that hair tool that God literally burned down, that I put all this time and energy building out a website, designing this tool with no one to buy it, and it never came to fruition. And what I've learned to value most now as a wealth coach, but also as a mom, as a wife, and as a physician and someone who needs her own time, is that my time is the most valuable thing that I have. 
and that it is not replaceable. So I need to make the most of it. So hopefully that answers your question. Now it's kind of a long-winded story cool. to share about yeah some advice, but literally that's that's what I did. I sold the dream. I had an outline. I had a framework, but I didn't have everything together until I actually had clients who had purchased it enrolled, and then I built it out after that. Yeah, I'm just smiling because I remember when we did your launch together for your program, and it was definitely like such a push because everything was so go go go, and even building out the the program in general, it was like we were focused on the sales first, like selling out your program, and then you've been able to repeat. Right? Tell us a little bit more about all the progress you've made because we launched your program. What was it like December of? 2022, right? Tell me more about how your business has evolved since we worked together because we did December this- of 2021. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. December of 2021. So mm-hmm. tell me more about how your business has evolved since we did that launch and what what's in the works for you right now. So I've realized that after doing that launch, <laughs> is that the reason, one of the reasons why women don't engage in their finances, it's because of time. And when I was coaching one-on-one, they had to show up because I was sitting there waiting for them, right? But when you're when you're in a group coaching capacity, when you think about how you transition from high school when they take attendance versus college, most people don't show up unless attendance is necessary and mandatory for your grade. And so that's the same thing. A lot of my clients, especially women in healthcare, nurses and physicians, you know, we're tired sometimes after our shifts or we have to go home from transitioning to caring for patients to caring for our children. And so women need to have a reason to show up for themselves because we're so used to putting ourselves last. And so what I've done now as far as refining my program is that I give women now a reason to do the work and that if they want the result, which is their debt strategy, understanding their finances, being more confident, saving more money for retirement, investing for their children, investing for themselves, that instead of them just getting, I used to say, oh, each person gets a one-on-one private call for me. They could come in at any time during those calls. And sometimes my clients wouldn't even be prepared for the call. They would schedule the call and then they would have anything to talk about and just wait for me to guide them. Now, what we do is we do milestones. That this is is an achievement award that you have to earn by doing the work and you have to show up for yourself. And so it gives women a reason to show up for themselves and that built in accountability uh, which I think is really so important for all of us. I love that. Um, and there's just so there's so much that we uh, I want to dive into, but I I do want to highlight the accountability aspect, which is so important, like incentivizing more more people to show up for themselves. Because, like you said, so many women in healthcare might be putting themselves last and not really, you know, like showing up in your containers. And the incentive I think is so revolutionary because it helps people really move forward and move the needle forward. And I want to, I, I I would love to have you back on. I think there's so much we can deep dive into, but I really want to thank you so much for your time. And Brittany, let everyone know where can they find you? How can they work with you? How can they reach out to you and talk to you? 
Yeah. Thank you, Roma. Thank you for having me. This has been such a good moment of reflection also to think about my own journey as a coach um, and as a CEO. And I'm just just so appreciative. And also, it's like a full circle because, you know, you helped me to launch the program. And here we are discussing the program uh, a year later. So how people can find me is that I'm on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is Brittany Halford and Roma will put in the show notes, but Brittany, there's so many different iterations of spelling. It's B-R-I-T-T-N-E. That's it. <laughs> um, Halford at, on Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram or you can go to my website, more joy, more wealth. And we didn't even get into the science behind this. I love working with my clients to really show them the data so that it helps, at least for me, you know, it helps me to make better decisions if I can base it on something that has already been proven. And so all of my strategies and everything are proven and they are founded in data. So I would love to come back to talk about the science of focusing on joy and how that's going to play into your wealth and your finances. The morejoymorewealth.com. And there you can reach out or you could just send me a DM on, on Instagram. And I would love to start chatting with you about how we can help you to achieve your financial goals, whatever they may be, without sacrificing joy. Thank you so much, Brittany. I'll definitely link all of that in the show notes along with your program. And I just want to say thank you again. It's been such a, yes, reflection because you've grown so much in your own, in your own business. And I can't wait to have you back on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And as always, feel free to DM me on Instagram and subscribe to my email list for daily strategies delivered straight to your inbox. I'm so excited to see you book out and hit those five figure months, six figure years and build that seven figure empire.